Well, mostly, Christmas is back in the box, all right? Move on to New Year's. Uh, we've got one more message in this series. <clears throat> this is the time where we start thinking about the future, short-term, long-term. We start thinking about how we're going to work off the Christmas candy and uh, Christmas pie. and So for the next uh, foreseeable future, the gyms will be full. Uh, you want to get make your reservations now because they're going to be full. You'll be okay in February. There'll, there won't be so many people in February, but but we'll be guilty for about a month. Um, so we we talk about the things that steal our joy, and um, seriously, this is the time where if if you're going to start planning, it's it's our custom to start around now. The, the New Year's is, is that wonderful time and. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, and uh, you pick a time and do it. You can pick, pick April if you want. But a lot of the world around us picks this point to, to do that. And so it's this point I want to talk about the final thing, in our series anyway, uh, that steals our joy, and that is Ambition. Now, ambition is one of those words, we've talked about some of those words that, that have more than one meaning, and some of them are good, and you kind of say, well, is that the good kind or the bad kind, right? Pride is a good one or the bad one? Uh, ambition is a, is a word that's not in and of itself a bad thing. We have ambitions, we want to accomplish things, and that's fine. Uh, so let's talk about those, those two kinds of ambitions. Luke chapter 9 is where we're going to begin. Luke 9. And we're going to look at, uh, begin in verse 46. He says, There arose a dispute among them as to which of them would be the greatest. And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a little child, and he, he set him next to him, and he said to them, Whoever receives the little child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me, for he who is least among you will be great. And John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow us. But Jesus said to him, do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. Now I said we're going to be talking about two kinds of ambition. There's actually, we could add a third, but we're not going to talk about that one. The third one is, is not really mentioned here. The third one's the good kind. Right? The third one is, I have goals and I want to accomplish some things. And it, it, we leave it simply there, and that's fine. Uh, there's two things that are subtly mentioned here. And one is the obvious one, the obvious, obvious wrong. I want, my goal is to be better than that person or this thing. We, we have obvious ambitions that take us and put us in and kind of really are about pride. They're connected to pride. That's obvious. Uh, but so as we say, some things are not obvious. And I uh, want to talk about covetousness, right? Uh, and I want to talk about this covetous ambition that really grabs us. Uh, and when we think of uh, covetousness, that's like, uh, it, covetousness is a weird word. Um, and it's a really kind of a strange concept. It's, it's, not, it's, it's really hard to define. It's somewhere between greed 
and materialism and, and maybe envy. It might not have all of those things. Now, maybe you already have some and you want more. That's greed. If you don't have it, I guess you can't really have be greedy because you don't have any to begin with. Uh, so maybe it's just more envy. Uh, this, it's a strange mixture. It depends kind of on, on who you are, how covetousness looks like. Um, but a person wants... Typically with covetousness, a person wants something tangible or physical, or it doesn't have to be that, uh, but something they don't have or don't have enough of. That's covetousness. And ambition, as we said, it's not a bad word in and of itself. It's linked to goals and achievement. Um, it's a fairly healthy thing to have, ambitions, actually. Uh, you don't want somebody, you see somebody without any ambition. Uh, that's, that's not, uh, Proverbs talks a lot about those people. It's not good. It's lazy, tend to be lazy. Every time uh, we have a fire, we stand around a fire, and it, uh, the smoke finds me. And I always think of the verse in Proverbs where it says, uh, like, like smoke in the eyes is, is a lazy man to the one who sends him. I always think of that every time I light a fire. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> that, that is always, and it, that's a person with no ambition. Well, we don't want no ambition. That's, that's not ideal. Uh, so, so to marry these ideas of, of covetous ambition uh, is where an achievement becomes its own end. The thing we want is not material, but it fills some other desire. Uh, maybe we have, um, uh, you know, we have ab- abilities and a- authority is something I'd like. Uh, I would, I would like to, I would like to do this. I w- we were talking the other night, and I was like, you know, there are. If I, I used to play piano like so long ago, uh, but just there's one song on uh, on the Peanuts. Uh, I forget even which one it is, but I was like, if I could play that song. If I just applied myself for a year to playing that one song, I would f- feel fulfilled in, in my life, you know, in terms of my musical abilities. That's just, that is one thing I would love to be able to play, that one song. Uh, it will never happen. I don't have enough ambition. Right? I don't have enough uh, self-control is what I don't have enough of. But, but an ability, or, or I desire an authority, or, or I would like to have some influence. I'd like appreciation. These are human things, and in and of themselves, they're not wrong. But you can see how they can get out of hand really quick. Is it wrong to desire a a, a position where you can influence things? That's not wrong. Is it wrong to desire the development of a capability and, and to do something well? No. It's ideal. That's what God wants. But there are wrong applications, and by degrees, covetous ambition takes these wonderful things, these wonderful ambitions. Covetous ambition takes these by degrees, and we exchange what what is a healthy goal, and we make ourselves God. What I mean by that is, Authority is no longer, I, I no longer desire an authority. Like, I would like to be in management where I could kind of move things and, and influence things, whatever. But authority becomes power. I'm hungry for power. That's, that's different. Appreciation, I want to be appreciated. Well, that's fine. I, I desire to do something so that I, I can be appreciated, but that becomes recognition. I need to be recognized. This is a, a little bit 
more serving myself. I would like to influence things, but now I, I, I want a, a position of status. I need status. I need, I need recognition. So, there's also, and that, that's obvious. You can see that in here, right? You can see these, these apostles fighting over who's going to get the status, who's going to get the high position. Now, I want number one spot. I'm not going to be satisfied with this low number two spot over here. I want to be the greatest. There's another kind of sneaky one in here, and that is um, zealous ambition. Zealous ambition isn't necessarily covetousness, and the apostles show this one very frequently uh, because it moves right, right into the next thing that happens. They're like, okay, you get that sorted out. And, and they're, they're seeing some other disciples. They're, they're talking about Jesus, and they said, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he's not... He doesn't follow with us. He doesn't go to the same places we go. And, and we can, we can kind of get in the weeds on this one. I understand that, that Jesus, uh, well, quite frankly, Jesus wasn't a Christian. I know it's tough for some people. Uh, Jesus was a Jew. Uh, the church didn't start till he went back. Uh, so, so you kind of need to keep that in mind. Um, and, and so the church wasn't started, so there definitely wasn't a lot of denominations, and there wasn't different doctrines and things like that. And so, so we kind of want to be careful how we treat this, this passage. But they all of a sudden, they, they get this zealousness for, for Christ, and it, it takes them out. They, they get this ambition where they're going to do stuff that, that Jesus hasn't even felt the need to do. You ever see people do that? They'll, they'll do things that Jesus... Himself, they'll, they'll make rules that Jesus never really thought that was important to make. I didn't really think that was important. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do that here. Oh. Um, so, so there's this zealousness. They get an idea of how to accomplish something, some particular goal that they've come up with. It needs to be reached. They got the ambition. Let's deal with these people. They're casting out demons in your name, Jesus. That's not right. Jesus said, well, I didn't really see that as a problem, but okay. <laughs> Let's sit down and talk about this one. And it begins with good motives. Accomplishing something for Christ. We set our standards high because Christ deserves the best. Right? Christ deserves the best. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't usually preach in jeans, but I'm getting out. Uh, uh, from in, uh, I'm getting in a car and driving four hours, and I'm not going to do that in my dress Dress clothes, so so I wore jeans, uh, and and I grew up. That was a sin. You didn't even. I mean, you guys couldn't even show up in jeans, sit there in your jeans. That would not be acceptable, right? A different age, right? Uh, but but we made rules. There was those rules, and we we get ambitious because you have to do the best for Christ, and we have a a, a picture of what that looks like, and what that has to be. And God's like, well, you know, I, I really didn't have rules about the, the clothes you wear on Sunday. It's not, I know our kids, my kids are going to like harangue me. Wait a second, you make us wear our nice clothes. I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> so my rules, they're not God's rules. Just understand that. I, I'm not telling you that this is the way. See, right there. Uh, then my rules, we're, we're not doing this because this is giving us holy points. Right? 
We're not, we're not going to sit in the extra special section in heaven because we wore nice clothes on Sunday. That, that's not what... That, but there are people that get that ambitious. And they, they feel the need to start making the rules for God that God didn't see the need to make. It's zealous ambition. Look at the apostles in these moments. Do they look like they have joy? No. N- neither in the obvious wrong ones or, or in the sneaky ones. They have no joy. What are they doing over there? They're disobeying the rules that we made that they didn't know we made. They're disgruntled and they're constantly worried about other people. So I want to talk about the theft of misdirection. That's where this theft is. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. And we're going to begin in verse 14. Most of the brethren in the Lord, becoming confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed even preach Christ from envy and strife, and some from goodwill. The former from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, and yes, and I will rejoice. And so, so I want to kind of go back to what we talked about with, with, um, with these apostles. We're not talking about something where error is being taught as, as true doctrine. He's like, listen, so long as Christ is preached, so long as the gospel is being accurately presented, or close to accurately presented, where, where you know, like, there are times where it's like, eh, there's a little detail there that I, I wish you would, you know, eh, you know. I, I, I just have that bone in my body. I, I see this, like, we, we just sung Noel, I'm like, man, there's so historical, many historical inaccuracies in that song. That's, it's a nice song, though. Right? Like, eh, just get over yourself. Sing the song, shut up. It's a nice song. It's just not historically accurate, but it's doctrinally, it's fine. But you get into this idea of comparison. This is where joy gets stolen. This is one of those misdirections is comparison to other people. Much of our ambition is rooted in self-criticism. This is where we would say, physician, heal thyself. (laughs) Friday I went to Edward Jones for my yearly talk with my guy. And and I was talking with his secretary. And she was talking about how... uh, 
her her friends were was it was either a friend or a daughter. We talked a lot while I was sitting there waiting, but um, but she talked about how she feels dissatisfied with with you know like she was curious about her like if she's done good with her kids you know and and she's like they're all you know they're they're mostly raised and she got like one or two left in the house but but you know she's like looking back like should I done stuff different I said that's Facebook talking. That's people who pose their 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 kids. They have the beautiful, wonderful life. And I said, I said, really, I said, unless you sat sat in front of a TV for eighteen years, you have memories, and you did you did things that that they'll remember. And you'll have your own set of memories. They'll have somebody else has a different. They 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 hiked everywhere. Okay, so they hiked everywhere. You're not you're not second best because they hiked and you didn't. You know, you did other things. Whatever it is. That was Friday. Sunday, we went to the uh, Dayspring Church, and then they had their little light walkthrough thing. And the whole way through, I'm looking at this. I mean, it was done up. I mean, it was done up. That was a lot of money. That was it was nice. And the whole way around, I'm thinking, I hope no one goes to their church after this. Right? Uh, 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 this is so good. I mean, someone might go here and hear the wrong gospel. And, and I'm, I'm like, the same thing. Here I am. I'm preparing the sermon, right? and I'm doing the thing that the apostles were doing. I'm so zealous for something that I feel is right that I'm like, oh man, I. They, it's too bad that they did such a good job on this. I'm, I'm not really even enjoying this this walkthrough about Christ. My mind is on something else. And I, I'm not, I, I didn't have the full amount of joy. Now we got to the end and they had a thing about Nicodemus. Nicodemus was telling what was definitely the wrong gospel. Um, he, he had one verse from John 3 and forgot what, what started the whole conversation at the, the beginning of John 3, but um, that's okay. And we left before that because I was like, I can't listen to that. That is definitely the wrong gospel. That's okay to be upset about. But the, the rest of it was... The, the, why was I upset about that? Why did I let that steal my joy? Comparison. That's why. Comparison misdirects in my ambition. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. When we could read the whole uh, chapter 1 and 2. We're not going to. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, we're going to read a section of it because it sets up all of this discussion. I, the preacher, and preachers are not immune to this, by the way. I, the preacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I set my heart to seek and to search out wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven, this burdensome task. God has given to the sons of men by which they may be exercised. And I've seen all of the works that are done under the sun, and indeed everything is vanity and grasping for wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight. What is lacking cannot be numbered. I communed with my heart and said, Look, I have attained greatness. I have gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem, and my heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge. And I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly, and I perceive that this is grasping for the wind. And in much wisdom is much grief. 
And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Now, does that mean we should just all stay dumb? No. The idea is that we get misdirected in it, and that's where the problem is. He wasn't wrong for learning more. Just You get misdirected, and knowledge just in and of itself is not going to give you joy. We get misdirected into things that are futile. This sets up chapter 2, which is him running from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, trying to find fulfillment in all of things. His ambitions. And every time he does it, he's like, I'm going to do it better than anyone ever has. That's my ambition. I'm going to have more money than anyone has. Okay, now I'm going to have more power than anyone has ever had. Okay, now I'm going to have more musicians than anyone has ever had. Now, it just runs, whatever he does, he's going to do it the best. And it never brings joy. It's misdirection. It's futility. He starts out with a noble ideal, but ends up in pointless activity. We went to a birthday party. Actually, we showed up at the end of the birthday party. It was, and I can't remember if it was Evans or Elliot's. But it was at an arcade. It was the coolest thing. I went in, and it was like all the games from when I used to skip school and um, go take a dollar down and get eight plays for a dollar, which was great. Uh, for $2, I could spend an afternoon down there. And I, I, I'm playing these games, and there's, you know, they have old ones, they have some new ones. And I, it was interesting, because I was like, now I remember the futility. 80s video games, some, before Nintendo, they were really, they had one thing. If, as you advanced in the game, the only thing that changed was it went faster, and it got a little bit, there was more obstacles or whatever. And it just cycled. There was no end. Nintendo got smart. They, they put an end. You, you finally, you win. You beat the game. And that was a goal. There was an ambition there to, to beat the game. But, but this is, Solomon is kind of like an 80s video game where he's just like, I'm running around in a circle and I'm trying to get it and do it better and faster and harder and, and, and go up and up and up. And it's just futility. I need one more dollar. I need one more musician. I need one more of this. I need one more of that. And it's just futility. Okay, I'm going to switch another thing and try that. Misdirection. And it doesn't bring joy. Now, so far I've talked about things in personal life, but, but these apply to the church as well. The ambitions that we have as a church. Starting next week, we're going we're gonna to go through a series of sermon series for some point into the, into the year kind of about our activity as a church and, and, and our goals as a church and all the things that surround that. I don't think we'll go through the whole year that way, but, but as we do that, this is important that we start with this frame of mind, that, that we can get so much into accomplishing and, and, and have good ambitions as a church that ambitions become the goal itself. The activities and projects and things become the thing itself that we're chasing. We had a great whatever the event was. And that's, we're, let's do another event. Let's do this event. Let's do this activity. And the thing is the thing itself. 
not what it's there for. I, I don't know if I'm being clear or not. But we, we finish one project and we're on to the next. And, and we want to add this thing in. And, and those, it's fine to have those thoughts. But we want to just keep in mind what they're there for. That's the important goal. That's, that's what keeps ambition from becoming misdirection. That, that, that point in our mind uh, that, that says what we're doing this for. And so I want to look at a couple steps to keep this in place. <clears throat> I was smart and didn't put the book. I have the chapter, which that's wonderful. That's not really going to help me. I know it's in one of four Gospels. It's not in Matthew, so I think it's in John, but I'm not sure. No, it's not John. We're down to two. We'll get there. I think it's going to be Mark. It's Mark. Mark chapter 6. In verse 7, we're not going to start in that, but he sends out the 12, gives them power, um, and then he goes through his own ministry. He says, "You, I'm tired of you guys, go do your own thing for a little while. I'm going to do my own thing. I need a break from you. <laughs> I don't know if that's really the truth, but it seems like a plausible theory. In verse 30, they come back, and that's where we're going to. Start at, it says, the apostles gathered to Jesus and they told him all things, both what they had done, what they had taught. And he said to them, okay, let's come aside by yourselves to a, uh, a deserted place. Let's rest a while, for there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in, a, in the boat by themselves. And the multitude saw them departing, and many knew, knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out and saw a great multitude, was moved with compassion because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. And sending them away, they may go into the surrounding countries and villages, buy something for bread. They have nothing to eat. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Should we go buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat. And to go on, we, we know the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And so I want to talk about four things. First of all, he rejoices with them. He doesn't tell them not to rejoice. They come, they're excited. Wow, you should have seen what we did. He doesn't say, no, listen, that's, that's pride and we don't do that here. He lets them rejoice. He lets them celebrate over victories. That's important. If you want to be rejuvenated to go and, and do more, if you, if you want to, then we start at this point. Rejoice. That's, it's got the word in it. Rejoice. If you don't want to steal your joy, then enjoy what you have. This, Solomon could never enjoy he, he was thinking there was true fulfillment in that thing. 
And so he could never rejoice about it. Rejoice. Understand what it's about and rejoice. Now, there were 12 naturally competitive men, and that might have played into their rejoicing, and I imagine that got handled. <laughs> but Jesus, on the face of it, does not discourage celebration. It's a, an important building block to review and to enjoy. And I'm sure at some point some of their failures came up. Some of the corrections came up. But he, God doesn't start there. Christ starts with, let's celebrate. However, we should notice what he does as soon as the celebrating starts. He removes them. So he rejoices, but he removes them. I want to talk about endorphins very quickly. They're a chemical that the body releases in response to different emotional or biological events. Its purpose is to make us feel better, and there's different kinds, and they work in different areas. Uh, substance abuse. And releases an endorphin. It feels good. All right? Alcohol, nicotine, caffeine, sugar, all produce endorphins that your body gets addicted to. Um, activities can, like shopping, can actually produce. Uh, things like that produce endorphins, and people get addicted to it. Um, you, have, you have endorphins that are released for pain. And so some people get addicted to pain. That's why some people get tattoos a lot. They don't interpret, they don't interpret it as, as pain. They interpret the endorphin that makes them feel good. Which is strange, because I don't understand that. But different people, and so people get addicted to endorphins. And excite, anything exciting is an endorphin-producing event. And, and it can get, and this is where I'm like, where, where are you at? What are you talking about? But accomplishment is an endorphin-producing event. And you can see what would go on in these mind of these apostles where they're so excited they just want to get out and do it again. Wow, we're so pumped. Let's get out. And Jesus says, okay, wilderness. Let's take you away from that. You need to calm down. Let's rejoice. But we're going to do it over here. You need to pause, in other words. Solomon just going running from one thing to another. No one to slow it. Slow him down. Slow down. Enjoy it. Understand what it was about. Then move on. But we need to reflect a little bit. Remove, reflect it. The third thing is to rejuvenate. They've traveled. Right now they are running on adrenaline. And that excitement, and it temporarily masks your natural exhaustion. Jesus sees this. He says, these people need to relax. Because they are going to burn themselves out. You see people burn out? Jesus is preventing that. It doesn't take a lot of rest, but it takes some. They don't get a ton of rest. We see people coming. Oh, uh, we're going to the wilderness. We'll get back to them in a second. It might be a day. You know, there's a day in the year that, that God had to tell people not to work. 
Now, God didn't need the rest, but he rested. He doesn't need it. He's the only one that doesn't. But he used that so that he could tell people, listen, you think God needs rest. So even though he doesn't, if God rested, you're going to rest from work one day of the week. You need rest or you will burn yourself out. Take time to enjoy your accomplishments. God did. Rest, relax, then come back at it. Then you rejoin. That's the last thing. Then God says, okay. And he gets out and says, we need to help some people. Next project. Next thing. Remember what it's about. We got excited. We separated. We reflected and we're rejuvenated. So now we can go back and we rejoin that. We don't just stay there and keep reflecting for the next year and a half. We, we pick up. So, and that's where we, we're going to find our next, our next series. It's important that we learn how to walk the line. It is a fine line. We can be unambitious, but we can be too ambitious. We can let ambitions take us and misdirect us all over the place. We can be unambitious. Let's just, let's just, we did one thing this decade and we're good. No. It is a fine line. It is er easy to err on, on either side. So I want us to, you, you still, you might have a little vacation left, you know, might not, but take some time. Think about the things that happened this year. There were some good things that happened. There's going to be more good things that happen. And come back energized to move in that direction, remembering what each of these events is about, what, what each of these activities that we do is about. Um, This is not just a series, and what we're going to get into is not just a series of Joel Osteen self-help, five steps to a stress-free you, or whatever. Without Jesus, we accept, we went through this series, and we accept, if we don't have Jesus, we accept a impure core is what we talked about and all these other things bring down our level of joy that we can really truly experience in life and, and so you can take the things we've talked about and and you can say well okay it's a little bit better and you can you can live a little bit better if if this is not based on a relationship with Christ then this is just empty advice. It's going to be extremely limited in what it can do for you. If you leave today and you say, well, I'm, I'm going to take what he said about resting and relaxing, but, but you're going to rest and relax without ever having become a Christian, without making that real, this is a pointless sermon and it's pointless advice. It is going to need to be on a basis of a core that is your connection uh, to Christ. I'm going to conclude there.